you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Hey guys, I've always believed that you can't have too many profit centers in your business. Maybe you have a bar or you feature live entertainment. Maybe you sell retail merchandise or offer takeout or delivery to boost your dining room sales. Maybe you even have a successful catering operation or you're already doing all of these things. Maybe you have a successful concept and food the public loves. You're filling your seats night after night in your bricks and mortar restaurant. Well, have you ever thought about taking your show on the road? Think about it. Imagine being in two places at one time, or even three or four. I'm talking about food trucks. The food truck craze has been hitting the country for years, and it has no sign of slowing down. They're everywhere. Schools, community and sporting events, parades, festivals, even in front of big box stores. If you're an existing restaurant, there may be a huge opportunity to fit out a food truck and make an even bigger splash. Think of the added marketing firepower this rolling billboard for your business could have. If you've had a dream to start a restaurant, getting a food truck is the simplest, easiest, and most cost-effective way of getting into the business. So in today's episode, I'm talking to the queen of food trucks, a lovely lady named Connie Barr. She started a huge business called One Fat Frog. They build out custom rigs for any concept, and she's a wealth of info on everything food truck. Not only that, One Fat Frog is also a massive restaurant equipment business as well. In this episode, you'll learn so much on both ideas. Check out Connie and One Fat Frog and give it a listen. Welcome everyone back to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, engaging topics that help restaurants and food trucks build their brands, rock their profits, and deliver amazing guest service experiences. I'm really excited. You know, uh, a lady named Connie reached out to me recently, and she's with a company called One Fat Frog. They got a fantastic story. And, you know, it's a topic we haven't covered before, but I think it's super huge right now, so I'm really glad. We're going to be talking all about food trucks, and Connie's business also sells new and used equipment. It's amazing. They have a 100,000-square-foot warehouse, so this is a very large company we're talking about. Welcome to the show, Connie. How are you today? Hi, Roger. I'm great. It's a little chilly in Florida, so I have a sweater on. That's a first. I heard that. What's going on with your weather? I don't know. We're like at 59 degrees. I had to put on socks today. That happens about two days out of the year. Crazy snow has been sweeping the south as well. Will you see any of that at all or it never happens in Orlando? You know, I had been closer to Daytona probably about 10 years ago and I had seen a little bit of a flurry. Of course, it didn't stick, but we've had some snow. It's very aberrant for sure. Well, it certainly is. we don't see any. Yeah, well, I'm in Maine, and that's typical for us, but I wouldn't expect the cold weather. If I wanted to go to Orlando right now or Daytona or anywhere in Florida, I think I'd wait a while until it warmed up. You would probably think it's like spring skiing weather if you came down right now. My blood's just been. Well, thanks again for appearing on the show, and thanks for reaching out. I think you got a great story. I'd like to ask you, Connie, how did you get into the restaurant business? Did you work in restaurants before? And, you know, obviously there's a passion there and you've been able to build this business huge, but where did it all begin for you? 
You, you know, it, I get asked that multiple times a week because people normally look on my LinkedIn and they say, Connie, you used to be a private school principal and a teacher and a social worker. How'd you make this move? Well, the job I had that I probably loved the most in life was front of the house. I've worked casinos. I've done cocktailing. I worked in a Chinese restaurant. I was the only English speaker there. I've done uh, college football games lots of catering. So I loved, love, love that. I went on an extended maternity leave at one point and I'm, I'm someone who has to keep myself busy and I sold some restaurant equipment to a bar owner and I said, this is fun. This is about as much fun as working in bars. And uh, so One Fat Frog was born. That's awesome. How, where did the name come from? I see the frog behind you. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and I know you're still looking for logic in a pattern, but a lot of us uh, a, a lot of our frog story is just really having fun in life. So uh, we've kind of adopted the fully rely on God. Um, but how it originally started out was at two in the morning, I was looking on the internet, trying to think about what I would do for a logo. And I saw a frog and I laughed and I said, wow, that's one fat frog. And that's where it came. Eureka, the lightning struck and that was it. And, and obviously it's been working for your business and you've built a brand around the frog. That's for sure. There's only one fat frog. Okay, so this takes you back. Is it 2005 when all this started with the equipment or? Yeah, 2005 is when the equipment started. Mm -hmm. And we started out doing used. The economy went to a downturn in 2009. And we went gangbusters. Uh, you know, people were closing. We were getting used equipment, six-month-old stuff, a couple months old stuff. We were selling, we grew, grew, grew. We didn't really feel the recession. We moved into new equipment when the economy got better. We've always had technicians. And uh, then we had a friend who came in and said, will you please, will you please fix my food truck? And they stuck out their bottom lip at my husband. That normally works with him. And uh, they said, you guys are honest. You have technicians. No one else can fix. Can you please? So we fixed food trucks. If you knew us and we liked you. And all of a sudden, a couple friends came and said, will you build us a food truck? So we became the speakeasy of food trucks. And um, probably about two years ago, they had an intervention with me and sat me down and said, well, Connie, I know you like being the speakeasy of food trucks, but it's about time we start advertising. And uh, so we started advertising then. So when did you get big with food trucks? Because this trend now is, is it pushing eight or 10 years that food trucks really just came out and became huge and now they're everywhere. What, what, when, when would you say food trucks became really hot? Because they're still hot right now. It's not really a trend. It's a continuing pattern. Yeah. And that was the question for me, like you said, eight, nine years ago, would it just be a trend? I mean, we've seen trends. You got to put bacon on food everywhere, um, you know, and, and different trends of that nature. So I questioned, would this business model sustain? We've been doing food trucks for probably about five years, the last three years, gangbusters. Uh, that we are the largest in the United States, and our vendors are the ones who told us that. We didn't come up with that. They called us up and said, we've been tracking numbers of what you've been buying, and we tracked you versus XYZ company. You outpace them. That was first quarter of uh, 2017. So this year, we've outpaced our last. So... We're building, building, building. So this is, 
you know, you've got multiple markets for this. You've got people that have a dream, you know, they see food trucks all over the place. They say, how cool would that be if, you know, if I cook this and, you know, we went to all these events all over the place. You've got standalone food truck only operators. And then you've got restaurants with a successful brand, a successful concept, and they've got food that they can take on the road. And now here's another profit center for that particular restaurant. I see that happening everywhere. So, you know, take us through the whole process of someone says, oh, I want to start a food truck. Does the concept always come first? You consult with these people and you say, what are you thinking? Have you been in the business before? You know, where to take me through the whole process. I'm sure it's different in a lot of cases, but a typical customer. Yeah, it, it definitely depends on their business model. We have franchises and corporate coming, and that's entirely new to the food truck market, mm -hmm. that they're seeing the revenue and the money that can be made moving out of brick and mortar. You go to that large festival, make some money, and uh, you don't have to worry about staffing seven days a week. Typical customer will come in. Uh, we love for them to sit down, but of course we do digital video just like you and I are doing now, and we're pretty good at email and text as well. And uh, we'll sit down and talk about what they do, what their dream is, what kind of food. Really, we focus a lot on the consulting end. Being born in restaurants, we're entirely different than anyone else out there who builds because we do understand what it takes for a brick and mortar, and we've understood that for over a decade. We have concept chefs on staff. We have people who work very closely with architects for the brick and mortar restaurants. So we'll sit down with the client. We come up with a workflow equipment that they need and come up with a nice mobile kitchen for them. But definitely the focus is on the menu and the concept. Can we build an all purpose? Absolutely. And we do that sometimes for our corporate clients. But a lot of times we like to tailor it to the client's dream. Everyone doesn't need a pizza oven. Okay, that's wonderful. Let me shift gears for a moment because you triggered a thought. Um, I served multiple terms on the Maine State Restaurant Association Board of Directors. And if we go back eight or ten years when food trucks are first starting to come out, you know, the bricks and mortar people were sort of digging in their heels saying, we don't like this new competition. And they were really worried. And what happens if a food truck parks outside of my bricks and mortar restaurant because it's public property or there's an event down the street? And now there was legislation, you know, will the state allow this? There was big discoveries. I mean, has all that kind of gone past the wayside now? And now, you know, you get a license for your truck and you can compete as if you were a bricks and mortar. Or do you see any conflicts still with bricks and mortar prices? You know, there's a lawsuit right now going down between some food trucks in South Florida mm -hmm. and I believe the city of Fort Worth, Florida. Yes. And that, with that context exactly, and I understand the brick and mortar owners' um, concern. It's definitely a valid point, and they pay taxes, and right. the food trucks don't have That's the same exactly overhead. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it has to be done with some ethics. It has to be sensitive. In the same way as a brick and mortar person, I hope you're putting an exclusive in your um, lease that there is non-compete within, not even with food trucks, but you don't want to open a bakery and have another bakery in the same plaza. And some landlords, they have no scruples. They'll do that. Yes. That's the same thing with food trucks, mm. too. Now, we've seen on the on the other hand, some of our breweries in Florida, the food trucks park outside and they offer catering and food, which helps increase business to that brick and mortar. So it's definitely kind of a double-edged sword. 
we have clients in a really nice entertainment facility and they have brick and mortar there and then there are some food trucks well the landlord let people in with the same concept as the brick and mortar is that fair i don't think so mm. uh and you know you're paying as a food truck maybe a couple thousand in lease and that brick and mortar could be paying ten thousand or better that's a conflict and that's something that the business owners should be addressing as well and the property owners agreed it just seems like it's a bit of a competitive advantage. You don't have the scale or size of being able to have 100 or 200 seats on the floor. You've got a limited window, but you, you're you mobile. You can take this thing to football games and tailgate parties and you know parades and all sorts of things now, provided you have that license across the country. So there are benefits, pros and cons to everything. So your business, One Fat Frog, I mean, you do it all. You've got fabrication shops in-house. You've got the paint shop. You sell the equipment. You can totally fit these things out. Do you source the trucks themselves? Do you source new and used trucks and trailers? You do all of that? We do offer trucks and trailers, absolutely. When it comes to a trailer, the savings between a used one and a new one is so minimal. I just prefer to, to refer the client don't save money where it doesn't make sense. Okay. So you know, mm -hmm. if that, get one one that's customized or built a little bit larger, because again, we're building a professional kitchen. We are a ki kitchen on wheels. We're not so much about having hydraulics or shocks or, you know, going ee, 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 like a low rider. We're really about having that kitchen. So we're building a galley kitchen for a chef, whether they're doing high volume for disaster relief. We've had trucks go up and uh, trailers go to puerto rico after the storms go to pensacola and that's important if they're putting out hundreds of meals for sure feeding FEMA or doing other disaster res relief or if they're coming to a local food pod a local food rodeo and they're doing their culinary delights to that foodie everything is cooked to serve you know you have this fancy chef who just doesn't want to be tied by corporate he wants to do his own thing and if his own thing is liver and onions then Go on with your bad self and do that liver and onions food truck. So you've become, at this point, I would say, expert at taking a concept or a menu and then designing the flow of the kitchen, galley kitchen within the truck to maximize efficiency. Would you say that's true? Absolutely. We love doing that. Okay. And that's really important to the concept. We have one, one of our large clients, Zenny's Concession, she does the NASCAR circuit. She came in, had us remodel one trailer and then build two new ones for her. We found out that she had items needed to go in the freezer. Yet the freezer, you had to walk past 10 employees to refill the freezer. That didn't make sense for the workflow. That freezer needed to be as close to the entrance as possible. That's the most critical thing then, the design of the flow, because that maximizes service and it just makes it much easier to work the truck and give the customer the best experience. And the speed of service. I mean, all these things must enter into the equation. Absolutely. So, I mean, for some of our clients, we have to say everything can't be cooked to order. My partner, he went down to Disney, to ESPN uh, at an event. Now, we don't cook for a living. We build food trucks. We're really good technically. But he went down and he ran the fryers for a while for one of our clients and showed them how to use the warmer to be prepared for those rushes. After about five hours, I had to call him and I said, hey, come on back. You got this little business to help help me out with. You know, he's like, but I'm having fun on the fryer. But that's so important is understanding 
how you can, you know, maintain quality and also, you know, speed of service. Have you already designed trucks that have windows on both sides so that you can have two different separate customer lines? Is that possible or is that crazy? I just, it, I just got that thought. No, absolutely. We had one that went into the outlet mall. Mm-hmm. And so it had two different service windows. Actually, one of them was a little bit lower, and there was a TV lower for children to view as part of the experience. So we are a custom builder. We do have some spec units available, but most of our work is just unique to you. One time we had a gentleman, and this was called the coffee bean, I believe, the holy bean. And Jim brought in this trailer, and it had these big wings that I opened up, and it looked like a big coffee bean. We built that out into mobile coffee. We've done Airstreams. We've done some beautiful, beautiful, and this is probably where my heart is, going back to the social worker and and helping others. We've done some great handicapped accessible ones. Um, And there's nothing better than putting someone to work and allowing them to do their dream. Even if they are in a wheelchair, that shouldn't stop them. We've done it in brick and mortar, now we've taken it to mobile. That's that's a wonderful story. I think that's beautiful. So, Connie, I understand you have a full fabrication department, and I'm just curious, a thought came up about, you know, back in the, I think it started in the 50s, where Oscar Mayer had this Wienermobile that traveled the country that just sort of built the brand about the hot dogs, and they had the theme song around that. And it seems to me that that's sort of a marketing differentiator. If you drove something crazy like that to an event, people would gravitate to it. And, you know, obviously you'd have long lines at your food truck. What is possible with fabrication? Can you do anything sort of wild and wacky provided it it meets code and it fits under bridges? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, the sky's the limit. And a lot of the food truck owners really need to look that they're setting ambiance with their artwork on the outside of the trailer. It's not just saying Joe's Wing Shack. It should be an experience. Food trucks started in the independent market out in L.A., and the graffiti artists would go, and and there would be unique art and a unique story on each piece. So I always try to encourage our clients, hey, your rap should tell a story. It's not only corporate branding, but there should be a story. You're setting the ambiance the same way a brick-and-mortar restaurant is choosing their music and curating that very carefully. They're having mood lighting. They have special seating. Maybe so you stay in place for half an hour or so they turn tables very fast. Or maybe so you're comfortable having those high-dollar high bar bottles. Um, but the experience of the wrap is very, very important. We do have the ability to fabricate, and we have different sky-high 360 lighting packages and visual packages for our clients. And then we also have digital menu boards, too. And sometimes even when you think going to a wedding, if you're catering a wedding, how beautiful is that to come up and see the bride and groom's picture on the outside of the caterer's truck? So you can do custom wraps that are temporary? Is that what I'm hearing? That uh, can be customized for specific events uh, That besides just having your normal graphic? Is that what, where you went with that? Sure. I, I mean, there were protests on Washington, D.C., where they rented a, quite a few food trucks and they wrapped those yep. with different taco things. The cost is the question. So a temporary sure. wrap, you're looking two to $6,000. How temporary do you want that? Sure. I would prefer to do things digital in order to change the look. Or if we have other signage options that can come on and off that are easy removing, 
to change it. I mean, if you want to run different concepts through the same trailer, or if you want different experiences, let's say you do a lot of wedding catering, which some of our clients do. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily want to use the same look as if they're putting it by the Orlando Eye or in the tourist corridor. I see. So you must have uh, an in-house design staff as well, really talented graphic people that take someone's ideas and visions and turn it into the dream, right? Absolutely. We have artists on staff. Our running joke is one of our artists actually comes from the world of tattoos. So we could give you a tattoo while you're helping, while we're helping with the artwork. That's excellent. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Shall we move into equipment or is there anything more that we haven't covered about food trucks? No, I, I would just really encourage clients to think about that as a revenue stream, especially if they already have a brick and mortar, because this is the ability to get their name out. The second part is if you're a fast growing franchise and you have multiple locations you're opening, you can park that food truck, that food trailer in front of a new build. So you're taking part of your first year woes, startup woes, that hit on that food truck or trailer, that your name brand is already known and people are ready for that abbreviated menu being parked in front of your facility. Oh, that's a great idea. And you could start with a food truck, build a brand by driving it around, and then open bricks and mortar places too. It probably goes both ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't ask you, uh, is there a typical budget or you can work within a certain budget to, well, for this amount of money, you can do this. And for $20,000 more, you can do that. I mean, what's the range if we're talking about a truck per se? Yeah. So that's a really good question. And being the business owner, I understand growing. I understand scaling, begging, borrowing, you know, doing everything you can to grow. So and one fat frog actually started in my garage. Um, as far as food trucks and trailers, our typical sweet spot is twenty to $50,000 for that starter unit for someone coming in and saying, this is my dream. That's amazing. You couldn't even touch a brick and mortar for that once That's you're talking right. about GC, architect, all of that. And there are people who have multiple food trucks and trailers, and they're making more than they are out of their brick and mortars, which is amazing. Now, that really has me intrigued. And no particular client in mind, but could you could you give me a maximum range that you've heard of people actually pulling in on a yearly basis out of, say, a truck or two trucks? I mean, just a revenue range, just out of curiosity. Well, it, it, and that's really, really subjective. I have some people out there that do, you know, they're starting up and they're making 50000 a year. And I have people who are going out there and, you know, doing solid six figures and they're out there hustling the big events. So mm -hmm. it really has a lot to do with the business model. Of course. of course. But that's the goal in mind. Obviously, you want to be able to employ a staff as well as, you know, take your show on the road yourself, make, you know, you've got your food costs, you've got your insurances and after expenses, you'd like to make a decent living. But there are people that definitely have been able to do that. Absolutely. Without mm -hmm. a doubt. I mean, I, you can go down to Disney and see their, their food trucks on property. And that's absolutely a show. There's money in it. Um, I, I believe there's money anywhere there's hard work that it's going to come back to you. But food trucks can pay off. You have to be savvy now. There's a lot of business planning 
and I know that's where your company comes in. But there's everything from scheduling. So a food truck is a little bit different than a brick and mortar. In the olden days, in a brick and mortar, we'd say, well, I make good pizza. I'm going to put my sign out, and I'm going to deliver to everyone in the neighborhood. And some of that is still true, and some people are doing that. But a lot of our pizza guys have had to get very, very um, creative in their marketing. And a perfect example is that Internet sensation that just went through the pizza guy in New Jersey, um, that making pizza with love. And that was that was a pretty funny video. Um, our food truckers have to be good at scheduling. Either they get a location like a brick and mortar where they're always parked, or they have to have someone on staff scheduling events. But that being said, that's no different than our large restaurants down in the tourist corridor. They should have someone on staff just to schedule events for them. They should have someone who does event planning who's making sure that their 150, 200-seat restaurant is booked. We have one of the largest convention centers in the world here. So we have clients coming through every day, and they need someplace to eat. And when a client is coming through, they're normally going what's booked with their hotel. That's the easy thing when you're looking at conventioneers or you're looking at large sporting events. What's a typical timeline from concept to finished build-out of a truck, typically? Does it vary or can you give me an average? Okay, it takes three months to, you give me the idea and we'll start building it and three months later it'll drive out of the warehouse. Yeah, so we can build them technically in uh, 24 hours. I think that's been our world record. Wow. We've got an amazing team out there. However, we do run a waiting list. So typically I'd say three months is good time from start to finish, three to four months for a client to go through. And we have processes anywhere from classes. We offer Serve Safe Food Managers class on property in our classroom. But if you're a remote client, you can pick up a Serve Safe class anywhere in the world. And I recommend that's something you go out and do today. But then we have a lot of startup things from creating the menu, from working on the wrap, incorporating, or LLC, uh, figuring out your portioning. It's no different than the brick and mortar restaurant, maybe even more so. What what to-go box are you using? What materials are you using? There's a lot of planning that goes into it. It's not that you can just buy the first food truck or trailer out there and get on the road and make money. Of course. I mean, like anything, you need a business plan, you need a roadmap, you know exactly where you're going and how you're going to get there. And it can't just be fly by the seat of my pants. Oh, I see all these trucks. I want one. You know, (laughs) you got to do your homework like anything else and do the due diligence and learn the business. I mean, there's so many ins and outs. I don't need to tell you this, but you run into all different types of clients, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Probably one of the saddest stories is um, years ago when Starbucks closed what 100 plus locations. The very next day I had a gentleman come in and he told me, I just cashed out my 401k. I've got $40,000 in my pocket. I want to open a coffee shop. And I looked at him and I said, have you ever worked in one? And, you know, went through the questioning and business plan. And he really had very little knowledge. And I had to look at him and say, Starbucks has national recognition. They just closed 100. Uh, you know, you can go shop the seal everywhere in town. Don't tell anyone how much money you have in your pocket because you're going to find yourself out $41,000. There are a lot of people who see the movie Chef on food trucks and they say, hey, I can do it. And um, the movies make it look good. 
And you watch Restaurant Impossible uh, with uh, Robert Irvine and you say, mm-hmm. gosh, I could go fix that restaurant. It's a lot easier said than done. You know, how many times have you worked in the dish pit? I can tell you, dishwasher called in, I was in the dish pit. And you go home smelling like chicken and ribs and Chinese food yes. and you know, it's on. On your shoes. <laughs> now you're bringing me back down memory lane because I started my first job working at a country club and I was a dishwasher at age 15. And you know, that lasted about six months and then they promoted me to bartender. And what a huge spread between what I was making as a dishwasher and now the tips I was making behind the bar. And that's where the passion for the business really started. So, so you started in the bar too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. You know, really interesting people that I worked for back in the day. And I learned a lot about the business, even though I, you know, I started my first restaurant. I really had no restaurant experience other than the fact that I bartended at a country club for for a short period of time during college. But anyway, I digress. Uh, let's talk about equipment, if you don't mind. Shall we move on to, to that idea? So now your your equipment operation is huge. I mentioned earlier that you've got a 100,000 square foot warehouse and obviously you moved into that. So do you inventory a tremendous amount of used equipment and then you custom order the new stuff? Tell me how that works. Yeah. Uh, so we inventory new and used equipment. We probably have between one to two million um, in equipment out on our floor. We unbox everything, so we're a little bit different. Anyone who buys from us mm-hmm. in the state of Florida, we have our own delivery trucks. We offer free courtesy curbside delivery, and it comes to them unboxed. So there's no worrying about that big crate. How am I going to get the wood off? How am I jacking this up to get wheels on it? Um, but hotline, cold line. And we're super geeky about it to the point that I'll be with my business partner, my husband. We're watching James Bond and he'll look at me and he'll be like, oh, my gosh, look, there's a kegerator in this train fight scene on James Bond. And I'm like, oh, oh." really? Just about every movie we watch has restaurant equipment. And he can identify the refrigerator and roughly how old it is by the handle which that's got to be super geeky there's got to be some kind of industry award for that i would say so well i love james bond movies but i can't say i've ever looked for kitchen equipment or restaurant equipment while i'm watching the movie it's funny you point that out but i guess when you're in the business that's what you do i, I ruined you now I go out to restaurants and obviously being so close to that, you know, I can tell you everything that's going on behind the scenes and in the middle of the scene and all that kind of stuff. Interesting. So you handle all the major, you know, the big brands of of new equipment, the Hobarts and the Trues and the Beverage Airs and all that stuff. You do hoods, you do walk-ins. I mean, you do it all, right? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, have a 140-quart Hobart mixer that just came out every year. It goes out on loan to Golden Corral and the Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. And we feed about 20,000 to 25,000 homeless every Thanksgiving. I love Hobart mixers. Those are like the little little engine that can't stop. They just keep working. You know, they're bulletproof. I had a, a very large <laughs> wood-fired pizza operation. We made our own dough from scratch every day. We had this, I think we had two 60-quart Hobart mixers. We bought them used. They were probably 15 or 20 years old when we got them. Never put a dime into the things. We just maintained them, and they just kept chugging along. And I had them for, you know, I had them for at least 20 years while I was running my business. You know, I can't say enough good things about that hey. brand. They, they have no plastic parts in them. We were offered to buy uh, a mixer off of a 1944 warship, a Hobart mixer. The only difference was gears and everything were on the exterior of the machine. I said, well, I know it's working like a champ, but no one's going to buy anything that old, but built to last. 
they're just beautiful machines. You're looking at that. You know about the Baker's Pride in the in the pizza place too. I love Baker's Pride, mm-hmm. and you've probably heard this. The best pizza you will ever come is from a stone deck. Yeah. That's super old, and those stones is asbestos. Yeah, we had some deck ovens, I think, by Baker's Pride for a long, long time. Always had, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> always had great yeah. luck with that as well. They're amazing, amazing pizzas. Do you ship uh, across the country, you know, depending on the equipment, or do you ship everything? Yeah, we ship international. International. So, wow. Yeah, uh, we have stuff in resorts in Mexico, in the islands. We have stuff in the Middle East. All over the world. We have team members that speak. I speak German. Hallo, Vigis. We have uh, Arabic, Spanish, Portuguese, American Sign Language. We used to have someone on staff who spoke Vulcan. Although we didn't have many demands, we did have a client who came and engaged them in a conversation. That was pretty entertaining. This is incredible. I mean, you, you've covered every aspect of the business, and you're giving such amazing service by virtue of your flexibility, and you've really thought this through in many ways. But I guess that would be a testament to why you're, you know, you're the largest volume dealer you know, based on uh, the statistics out there and what you've been told. I think that's amazing. Congratulations. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to build a business from scratch. And based on, you know, you've got, you've got a slogan about your values. Tell us about that. Yeah, value, integrity, honesty. So every client I have to look at as if they were family. Uh, And I was in their shoes. I was the little guy and I needed someone to give me a straight story. What can I really get the most bang for my buck in? And that goes to even to our large clients. You know, if we're working building a food truck for Universal or Chick-fil-A, we have to look and say, hey, we feel like this is the best for you. Or let's say the NFL player who had a 35 million dollar annual contract you know it wasn't oh how much money i can take from you but really how can you make this profitable because at the end of the day i'm helping someone build a business now you've got a complete uh financing department as well so you finance equipment you finance build outs of food truck i mean do you do the whole aspect of the business is you know you can finance anybody with any aspect of what you're selling I, well, I'm not going to say anybody because you have to. Well, yeah, based you know, on credit ratings and all this, but. I... Absolutely. And we specialize in startups. That's my baby. The independent, the person who says, I want to do this, the American dream, we want to help them. And we've really worked long and hard with different vendors to come up with programs to help them start up, to make it comfortable, to make it safe for them to start up and put their family's existence on the line and build a business and a legacy for their family. You have people who've sold their houses to buy food trucks. You're feeling, I mean, yeah, it's almost as if every client's dream becomes your dream and you only want to see them succeed and you want them to have every advantage and put their best foot forward. And you've got that expertise of saying, did you think about this or have you, you know, have you researched that? Because in our experience, so you're, you're in the consulting business as well as building out food trucks and selling equipment. I'm hearing that. And you care. And I love those values because, you know, that's just, again, a testament to how you do business. You know, that's it's all about integrity and you treat customers like family. And that's why your reputation is spread. Thank you. I appreciate that. It it is very important that educational piece. And you know that 
you know, people think it's easy. Oh, I make a great apple pie. It's so much more than that. And to create that whole seamless experience, whether someone goes and sits in your brick and mortar restaurant or they walk up to your window and they have a pitaya cup, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, and it takes a lot of knowledge. Are there any particular pieces of equipment where you would recommend someone buying, you know, brand new versus reconditioned equipment? Yeah. So I say you can go gas used if it comes from a reliable place that has licensed gas technicians, because ultimately, I mean, gas is, it's dangerous. Refrigeration is something that I would generally always go new with if you can afford, you know, if the the thousand dollar difference on a piece of equipment, 2000 won't make a difference. Just having that peace of mind Mm -hmm. is going to make a difference. Hotline equipment, sinks, stainless steel. Hey, if you can find good use, then do it. You can find a great used Hobart mixer. If you can find a great slicer, do it used. You know, make sure you turn it on. Make sure you have warranty. Our team offers 90-day parts and labor warranty on the used. We have a lot of master-level technicians that specialize in gas and electric and steam and refrigeration. Our baby of that group, we kind of laugh, well, he was legacy. His dad had repaired equipment, and his brother still keeps on the family business in another state. And uh, he's in his 50s. That's the baby of the group. Okay. So that knowledge is so important on whoever's going to work in on your equipment. And if you're not in the Orlando area, I would say look for a technician that's CFESA, C-F-E-S-A certified. Mm-hmm. That's just a mark of excellence. That tells you that is someone who knows their business. They've gone through training. They're not a parts changer because the worst thing you can do is finding someone to repair your equipment. And maybe they have that beautiful, I love Hobart under-counter dishwashers. Um, but they have that dishwasher, and the first thing they're going to pull is the $900 board and replace that and see. Well, they can do some of the testing and jumper around the board, and they should try some of the cheaper parts before they go to that most expensive part. Do you provide your customers with sort of a maintenance schedule for this equipment just to make sure that, you know, it's going to have the longevity of use? And, you know, there are all kinds of operators out there. Some are super focused on every detail and then maintenance sometimes isn't one of those details they're not vacuuming out this equipment making sure that the fans can breathe and and, you know all that kind of stuff that that makes a huge difference in how long that equipment is going to last without needing service or without killing it right yeah so we are primarily primarily not a repair shop we're in sales we do service during warranty We encourage our clients to have a local installer install their equipment, build that relationship, and also to pick up their PM, their preventive maintenance program. And that's important because if you go down on a Friday night and you and I both know what that's like, no one wants to wash piles of dishes by hand. You need that woodworking. You need someone local who can come out and knows who you are when you pick up the phone. The added bonus in Florida is if this is someone you do a lot of business with and your AC at home goes down, you can say, hey, it's Joe from Joe's Crab Shack. I'm having problems with my home AC. Can you guys come out? And they'll dispatch immediately. Well, this has been wonderful. Have we missed anything, Connie? Is there anything else that you think that the audience would be interested to know about your business or about just trucks or equipment in general? 
I, I've got so many fun stories. I just, the, the big thing I'd like to tell everyone is if there's a will, there's a way. If this is something you feel really strongly about, if you're willing to put the time in on the business planning, if you're going to really be comprehensive, if you're going to be obsessive about it, you know, owning a restaurant, owning a food truck is not a two-day a week work. It's not something that you put management in place and you step away. And you can see that by going out to the big boys when you go to Olive Garden. They have the owner managers and their name is outside. Um, it, it takes a lot of hard work. So if they're ready for that, the American dream is still available for everyone. Um, and anyone can attain it. This is the land of opportunity still, but you got to do your homework. And I, you know, I've got a mantra that I'm quick to talk to clients or just anyone in general that's interested in this business. There are still a lot of opportunities in the restaurant and hospitality space, but you've got to become a student of that business, learn as much as you can about it, give yourself every advantage. You know, before you just dive in with a dream and I just cashed in my 401k and here we go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to be a student. And I had a client not too long ago. I said, did you boil out that new fryer? And they looked at me sideways. Well, when you get a new fryer, you're supposed to boil that out. You also know you need to season the charbroiler to do work to your flat griddle. They have no knowledge. I, and one of, one of the parts of our pickup process is we go over all of the clients. But the judge looked at me and he said, no, how do I do that? You know, I had to refer to one of our chefs who, you know, went to school for four years and had been in field uh, working in kitchens for better than 15. And I said, I can't really sit down in a couple of hours to make up that experience. I, you have to be a student. You're going to have to go out there and be hungry and learn. And some of it's going to be through hard knocks, same as you and I did. You know, there are too many times we went home with wet feet from that dishwasher. How can the audience find One Fat Frog? Sure. We're all over social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Pinterest. We're on Instagram. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. We have our own website. Everywhere the name is One Fat Frog, O-N-E-F-A-T-F-R-O-G.com. And uh, we're pretty Accessible. That's easy to find. It's been my pleasure talking to you today, Connie. It, you know, it's just great to meet people that, that share the passion, that have the commitment to the customer, that really approach business from the right way. And, and that's why success has found you. And I think this is a great episode. I think it's going to be very inspiring to people that either are in the food truck business now, they want to start a food truck, or they're just looking for equipment. You've given us lots of food for thought. So that was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Hey there, Rockstars. Are you thinking about getting into this business and know nothing about it? Or you're already running a restaurant, but you think you could be doing a lot better? Well, you got to check out my free webinar, How to Start and Run a Wildly Successful Restaurant. I'm going to be sharing three secrets that, believe me, will absolutely make all the difference for great success in this business. I'll be teaching you how to know and review your critical restaurant numbers in just 10 minutes per week. Even if you hate the numbers, I make it super simple. Two, how to build a dream team staff and double your sales through empowerment, recognition, and rewards. Yep. I'm giving you a roadmap to the foundation of every successful business. 
and three, how to drive new and repeat business while building strong customer loyalty to your restaurant. It's all about satisfied, loyal customers, getting them to come back and tell their friends. To register for this free webinar, head on over to restaurantrockstars.com forward slash wildly successful. And why not get my free video training while you're at it? Three things you need to do right now to make your restaurant more money. If you'd like me to send you this free video training, head on over to restaurantrockstars.com forward slash the podcast, and you'll see it right there at the top. Now go out there and rock your restaurant. And once again, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. And while you're there, download a copy of the book, Rock Your Restaurant. It's a game changer. See you next time.